Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast here with a little get to know the D-backs as they head into the postseason against the Milwaukee Brewers. And the first thing you should know about this D-backs team, before this season started, I thought a successful D-backs season would have just been finish the year with at least 80 wins. I want at least a 500 record. Just end the season with that win-loss record. I want an 8 as the first number. Anything below that, I would have been disappointed with. D-backs end the season with 84 wins. They hit my prediction, and now they're headed to the postseason. So what should my expectations level be for the D-backs now that they're headed to the postseason? Because I just wanted them to finish with at least 80 wins, but I didn't even expect them to be a wildcard team. From the playoff standpoint, I didn't make any predictions about that. I just wanted this D-backs team to finish with at least 80 wins. And now they have enough wins to make it to the postseason. So how should we recalibrate our expectations now for the D-backs? Well, I think this is still a team that's not ready to win the World Series, but I do think they could win a wild card round, and that's kind of where I stop. I think this D-backs team should handle business against the Brew Crew, win the wild card round, and then I think ultimately they probably lose in the next series to the LA Dodgers. For the players they need to watch out for at the plate, the three players that are coming off really good Septembers, Gabriel Moreno, 300 average, 800 OPS in the month of September. Carroll, over 300 average. He has like 900 OPS in the month of September. Same with Kittel Marte. Those are the three players that you have to watch out for at the plate if you're a Brewers fan because those three guys really help carry the offense down the stretch. This team's uh, starting rotation depth, as it currently stands, not the strongest in Major League Baseball admittedly. The D-backs just DFA'd Zach Davies this past week or sometime last week. They, of course, DFA'd Madison Bumgarner at the start of the year. They've lost Dre Jameson to a torn UCL. They've lost Tommy Henry. So when you look at this D-backs rotation now, it's Zach Gallen, it's Merrill Kelly, and then it's a pretty big drop-off after that. You're going to have Brandon Fott as your rookie starting in game one of the wildcard round, actually. And then after that, it's really anybody's guess of who the number four and number five starter is. Maybe it's a Ryan Nelson. Maybe just go with a bullpen game and start like a Bryce Jarvis or a Slake Coney. Like D-backs have options after their one, two, three, Gallon, Kelly, and Fott. We just don't know what those options are exactly and who's actually filling out the rest of the D-backs rotation. So in terms of depth, the D-backs have dudes after a Gallon, Kelly. I just don't know how trustworthy those guys are uh is this bullpen good enough to win the world series uh i guess i guess technically if you're in the postseason any bullpen is good enough to win the world series but this d-backs bullpen finished the year 18th in major league baseball in bullpen era and i actually said before the year like if the d-back just finished with a league average bullpen i would be happy d-backs did exactly that so i'm kind of happy where where the d-backs bullpen finished but if you have Gallon and Merrill Kelly starting, if those two guys can go seven or eight innings, I mean, that would help out this D-backs bullpen a lot. Ideally, you want your starting pitching to at least get you to the seventh. Once you get to the seventh inning, it's either going to be like Kyle Nelson, Sal Frank, or Thompson out there in the seventh. We know it would be Kevin Ginkle in the eighth, and then we know it's Paul Seawald in the ninth. Uh, <laughs> the bullpen is always going to be a toss-up. The seventh inning is going to be scary. But if your starters can give you seven innings, I think you could really trust Kevin Ginkle and Paul Seawald in the eighth and ninth, respectively, to shut it down. But I do think the D-backs' greatest strength is, is controlling the bases from both sides of the plate. When I look at this D-backs team, um, they are great at creating havoc on the bases, when I look at this D-backs team in terms of speed, finished second in the National League in stolen bases. They're great at the extra base taken. They're great at run, run scoring percentages. Like In terms of offense and 
base stealing and moving runners like the D-backs are elite at everything. They're great at uh, sacrifice hits too. So the D-backs are really good offensively at controlling the base pass. They're also doing it on the defensive side of the ball too because Gabriel Moreno, <coughs> excuse me, one of the best uh, catchers behind the plate at throwing out opposing runners. Gabriel Moreno does not let anyone just get a free pass down to second, down to third base. So when you have the Carrolls, the Jake uh, McCarthy's, the Jordan Lawler's, the Alec Thomas's, all stealing a ton of bases, like that's going to be great from your offense. Moving guys up from second to third on singles and just fly balls is great for your offense. And then Gabriel Moreno really making it hesitant for opposing offenses to run and take off on you. Really good defensively. So D-backs are great at controlling both sides of the base pass. What am I most worried about, though, for my team entering the postseason? I think it just has to be overall lack of experience because there's not a lot of players on this roster that are battle-tested once you get to the postseason. Like, one of those guys could have been a massive bump garner, but, of course, he just wasn't that good of a player, so the D-backs had to let him go. But when you look at the best D-backs position players like the Morenos, the Walkers, the Martes, the Carrolls, the, the Alec Thomases of the world, the Zach Gallons, the Merrill Kellys, like, None of these guys, like all these guys collectively, I think have like one or two like playoff series experience for like every major dude on this D-backs roster. Like I think the biggest issue is just the lack of experience. This D-backs team is just not battle tested. And look, I don't think the Brewers team is like the scariest team on paper, but this is a core when you look at that Brewers squad that have been there the last few years, right? This Brewers team is always a wild card or a division winner with the Corbin Burns, the Freddie Peraltas, the Christian Yelchis, the Willie Adamases. Like, yeah, they might not have won a World Series the past few years, but all those guys are super ballot-tested. All those guys have been to the playoffs multiple times, so I think lack of experience could come back to hurt this Diamondback squad. And then how far do I think this D-backs team will go in the postseason? Like I already said, I do think this D-backs team can beat this Brewers team because I think on paper, that Brewers offense isn't scary that much. You look at that lineup of after the Christian Yelchers of the world and like the William Contreras's, I don't think you're super terrified of that roster. Of course, the pitching staff is the elite best, I think, pitching ERA in the National League. But when I compare it to this D-backs team, like you got the Martes, you got the Carrolls, you got studs in the lineup. Like I think this D-backs lineup overall is pretty good in terms of depth. I think it could go down to six, seven, eight, and still look at quality major leaguers there. Their rotation has some question marks after the Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon. The bullpen has some question marks, but I think this D-backs team can win this wild card round, and then I think eventually will lose in the divisional round. So I'd say the D-backs win round one and then lose in the divisional round to the LA Dodgers.